Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about faith, family, freedom, the state of Illinois, our nation, and conservative action. Here's David Smith and Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. I'm Monty Larrick, and this is David Smith, the Executive Director of the Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. This is program number 178. Can you believe that? Program number 178. Woohoo! And who do we have with us today? Well, two friends of IFI. Yes. Uh, they are two essential parts of the uh, <laughs> IFI team. We have Kathy Valente, Director of Operations, who has been with us since what, 2008, right, Kathy? That's correct. Glad and to be here. Mary Nieves, who has been with us for how long now, Mary? Just about two and a half years now. Two and a half years, and she is the office, uh, developmental officer. That's yep. right. She helps with uh, keeping the books and doing our fundraising and. Uh, and a whole lot of other tasks. <laughs> well, as you know, Dave, I'm I'm technically challenged. You are, and this is where Mary. Comes That's right. In. Mar- Mar- Mary is a twenty-something, and she is very um, savvy when it comes to IT. That's helpful, isn't it? Yes, it is. <laughs> We're so glad she's around. Yeah. And so, in this spotlight podcast, one seventy-eight, uh, we want to do a recap. Program one seventy-eight. <laughs> So we want to do a recap of 2019 uh, for our listeners, and we're going to try to do this in 30 minutes or so, and uh, we're going to have to move quickly through uh, through much of what we had to do this year. But uh, first I wanted to start out with uh, what happened, happened in Springfield. Obviously we, we lobbied down in Springfield. There were over 6,000 bills filed between January and May of 2019. Can you name them all? I cannot name them all. In fact, I would love to be able to have the resources to weigh in on a number of these bills, the vast majority of them. But uh, we had enough to deal with this year with terrible pieces of legislation uh, from everything from the radical expansion of abortion in Illinois. Extreme legislation. Extreme legislation to more gambling LGBT history mandate, uh, transgender uh, driver's license, or I I really can't call it a transgender, it's a a third gender, right? Uh, And all kinds of other things. What what am I missing, Kathy? Well, you didn't mention marijuana legalization. Marijuana, so we're going to have drugs flooding our streets. Drugs and gambling. What? Let's see. Prostitution be far behind all this? It's probably around the corner. Tax and spend, right? If it mm-hmm. moves, tax it. There you go. And we went. We we Speaking fought of this which, the ga- really the gasoline hard. tax the went gasoline up too. The gasoline tax. Mm-hmm. And in Will County, it could go up even more. That's so, right. That's right. So. Well, because they allowed, the state lawmakers allowed uh, municipalities to add on their own taxes uh, to further fleece the taxpayers. And because of all this new revenue coming in from the gasoline and the marijuana, they gave themselves a salary increase. <laughs> That's right, Kathy. They, now, these guys already make Well, about, they do the heavy lifting in Springfield. Oh, man. <laughs> For the four months or five months that they're there. You're right, Monty. Oh, yeah. So over $100,000 a year. That Now, that includes, to be fair, their salary, but it also includes their per diem, what they make per day. Uh, their traveling expenses, expenses, and maybe their committee chair uh, chairpersons and extra duties that they have. Right. So it's not a flat amount across the board. Some mer- some make 
considerably more than that. That's right. And to be fair, there are a handful of lawmakers right. who are actually working down there. And I'll tell you what, some of those lawmakers, uh, like uh, Peter Breen and Tom, well, Peter's not there, but he's running again, but uh, Tom Morrison and uh, Mark Batnick and others have already said, I'm not taking the state pension. So they're not down there trying to enrich themselves like many of our other state lawmakers are. They are down there to serve the people of Illinois. Now, that, that's the kind of people that we're looking for, right? This that's is right. the people who are actually going to look out for us, mm-hmm. not themselves. Now, these are people who could be making a lot more money in the private sector. That's right. But have a servant's heart. Well, some of them have already made money in the, in the public sector, uh, or the private sector, and now are coming to serve, which is fantastic. But, um, but they've stepped up to the plate. They see the state of the state that we're in yes. and want to do something about it. And that's very admirable. You know, and that is an encouraging thing. We've got new candidates who are running for office. Um, and in this environment, you wonder, <laughs> man, how... It's, it's so discouraging to see what's going on in Springfield, but, um, but they're stepping up anyway, and they're willing to go and serve in a hostile environment to try to help the state. So I, I am encouraged by that. As we're talking about what's happened in Springfield, um, at the end of 2019 here, we have an FBI in probe that's been going on investigating uh, what's some of our lawmakers in Springfield, some of our elected officials in Cook County and in Chicago, and there have been a number of indictments coming down, people going, um, having to step down from office, people are facing serious charges, and rumors are, and what we're reading, uh, that the noose is kind of tightening around Michael Madigan and some of his key generals or captains or whatever you want to call them uh will it get to michael madigan we don't know stay tuned right well they're they're looking at uh the stuff about uh college entrance yes that uh the ties with ComEd, what have you that's right so who knows where this could go it well and, and then the gambling industry right so we've got uh you know money being made we uh we had senator terry link wearing a wire for the FBI for months, for months. And there's a lot of folks down in Springfield who are sweating because what did they catch me saying? Exactly. (laughs) You know, and who's going to be falling next? And the rumor is four to five more indictments may be on the way. This wouldn't happen, though, unless we had someone in the White House who is in control of the Justice Department That's and right. says, That's right. let's look at corruption in Cook County That's right. in Springfield. That's right. No, good point, Monty. Um, you know, there's other things. Even It's not just the Democrats, by the way, um, but there are a lot. There, there are more Republicans, percentage-wise, calling for ethics reform. Uh, Senator uh, Jason Plummer from so- southwest Illinois, uh, Edwardsville area, uh, introduced a piece of legislation saying that state lawmakers cannot make money on state-sponsored, you know, um, gaming for example. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a big hubbubaloo in Springfield right now because Senate uh, leader um, Bill Brady is making lots of money. He's got a lot of investments. He's in a the minority, ga- leader. Minority, in the ga- leader. minority leader. Minority leader. Thank yeah. you. 
he um, he is uh, making lots of money on the gaming industry, and uh, he supposedly went to Jason and said, "Hey, drop your package, and I'll give you a great uh, committee assignment." And Jason is uh, not willing to do that. So we have some good people there, not willing to bend. Thank you, Jason. That's right. Thank you, Jason. And then on the flip side, though, we've got guys who are looking for opportunities uh, to make money uh, in the gaming industry, for example, with Bill Brady, but also with uh, Kelly Cassidy and her uh, so-called spouse, who is now uh, working in the marijuana industry that she helped establish here in Illinois. Yeah, I guess her spouse gets a pass yes. to make money. Uh, right. There's no conflict of interest yep. there. Candace Gingrich. Yeah. <laughs> so yep. speaking of ethics reform, uh, State uh, Representative Brad Halbrook yes. and members of the Conservative Caucus down in Springfield have a package of ethics legislation. That's right. And one of the measures in there would say that uh, if you're in the legislature, you cannot be a lobbyist at the same time. That's right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Democrats don't like that bill, and they're trying to block it. Oh, yeah. Some yeah. some of them want to be able to lobby even in Cook County and the city of Chicago while they're a state lawmaker. I mean, I, I don't I don't know about you, but that looks like unfair gravitas uh, in, in being able to manipulate the system. Hmm. It's kind of like Joe Biden and his son in Ukraine. <laughs> in Ukraine. Yeah. That's right. Making okay. $50,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Or, a m- month. or more. Or more. Yeah. yeah. Wow. 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 All right. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the basic snapshot of what's happened in Springfield this year. Uh, but earlier this year, we also had a Worldview event that featured Dr. Michelle Critella, uh, who is a board-certified physician uh, who talked about uh, the consequences of um, transgender surgery, hormone blockers, all these things, and the consequences to that to our children. She's also the on that president, panel, president of American College of Pediatrics. Thank you, Monty. So she knows where what she's talking about. Yep. And then we had Denise Schick, who uh, whose father was a transgender man, and uh, and how that affected her and her upbringing. We had Walt Heyer who uh, actually had transitioned into a woman, well, not actually, but had the surgeries and the hormones and all that, and then, transi- what do they call it, detransitioned. Detransitioned. Detransitioned back to a, to a man, and he's got a wonderful testimony and a wonderful wife that has been there supporting him. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we had Pastor Doug Wilson close it out with a fantastic um, message about this culture that we have. Um, in fact, all these presentations. It was a call to action. It was a call to action, absolutely. And how to go about doing that. All these videos can be found on our YouTube channel, and you can watch them with your family, with your church, with a small group. In fact, I encourage you to do that. Well, Dave, you touched on it. Uh, The Illinois legislature, Democrats in the legislature, voted for extreme pro-abortion legislation. That's right. Against the will of the people. That's right. Mary, Kathy, you were in Springfield the day of the Mm -hmm. big pro-life rally, March 20th. What were your impressions, Mary? This is my first time ever down in Springfield for any rally, and I was just absolutely amazed by the amount of people who showed up in support of the pro-life movement and trying to urge their representatives and their senators to vote against this bill. 
And there were so many people who showed up there. It was absolutely amazing to see all the support. And so many people showed up that they had to close the Capitol <laughs> doors, which is absolutely mm-hmm. amazing. They couldn't let anyone else in. We were past capacity for the building. And, and yet some media types said we only had about 2,000 people there. Well, they don't close the doors for 2,000 people. Right. Mm-hmm. It had to be over four. Right. I would say closer to five. What do you think? Yeah, somewhere around there. I am horrible at estimating, but yeah, I can right, tell you I was standing somewhere near the stage, and I just kept getting pushed further and further <laughs> into the wall. Walls. I couldn't see, you know, past past certain walls. Like, you know, there's just so many people. There were people up in the balconies. Yep. Everyone yep. trying trying to get a spot to see, and it was just an absolutely amazing sight to see all those pro life warriors there. Yep. Yep. But Kathy, despite this turnout, as we mentioned, the Democrats in the legislature passed this anyway, and the governor signed this into law. One, you have to be discouraged by that. But two, we have to keep these put these lawmakers under scrutiny and yep. hold them yep. accountable. Well, we do that every time we have an election with our voter guide. We let people know exactly how they voted. But this bill is thought to be the most radical abortion bill in the nation. Yep. It's a horrible bill. We have a horrible black stain on the state of Illinois because of this. And we need to replace these lawmakers that have no, that put no value on human life. Right. And, you know, in addition to that, um, we have seen in Illinois over the last 18 months, three new abortion clinics open up in the state of Illinois. Not just abortion clinics. They're giant abortion clinics. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't been to the one in Zion yet, but that one opened up. And then we have one in Flossmoor, which is very convenient for people coming from Indiana, <clears throat> Gary, Indiana, right? And then we have one now in Fairview Heights, which is conveniently located right off of I-64, so people can come from St. Louis, right? Missouri only has one abortion clinic left in the state of Illinois. And so what our re- uh, regressive lawmakers and our friends are doing, our neighbors are doing, is they're setting Illinois up to be, as Governor Pritzker promised, the abortion, most progressive nation in, or state in the nation on abortion. So when and if, Lord, please hear our prayer, Roe v. Wade is overturned, Missouri, Indiana will probably say, no more abortion clinics. We're not going to make it legal here anymore. And yet, People from Gary and Northwestern Indiana, people from St. Louis and Missouri can easily come into Illinois and get their abortion, and many of them will be able to get the Medicaid-paid abortions that Governor Runner approved of. That the taxpayers will be paying for. That's right. Well, so much uh, for... Well, I just want to say one little correction there. You said... uh, one abortion clinic in all of Illinois. That's one abortion clinic left in Missouri, not Illinois. Oh, did I say that? Okay. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that correction. One one abortion clinic left in Missouri. And so, yeah, we're, we're increasing the number of abortions uh, clinics in Illinois while other states are doing just and, the And the governor calls this progress. No. Uh, no, this is not progress. This is regression. Yeah. But... In what, whose book is killing our offspring, the next generation progress? Uh, I, I think we need to stop using that term yes. to describe the radical, regressive left. One more point before we move on on that. Uh, I was watching 
the committee hearing in the House uh, for this bill, and it was there's a whole article on our website about how quickly they passed this Senate Bill 25 in the dead of night on the last few days of, of session. But in the committee hearing at night, uh, Representative Darren Bailey from Louisville, uh, Illinois, asked the sponsor of the bill, Representative Kelly Cassidy from Chicago, um, about various aspects of this bill, and it was very noteworthy. She mentioned that any pregnant person <laughs> and there was a bit of a back and forth between Darren Bailey and, and Kelly Cassidy. What do you mean person? You mean woman, right? No, no, any person, because any person with ovaries and a womb can get pregnant. And this is, this is again, the bill is set up. Oh, my. So, so transgender men can have an abortion, too, mm. you know, mm. don't you know? Oh, my. <laughs> What have we come to? I'm telling you, it's it's crazy. It's an upside down world. This is Illinois Family Spotlight. We kind of want to take a look at what's ahead in 2020, uh, provided the Lord doesn't return, and uh, uh, even so, come quickly, right? That's right. And, and especially that. here in Illinois. So uh, we're going to take a look at Ford when the Illinois Family Spotlight continues. This is Dan Proft for townhall.com. House Democrats were somber, prayerful, and reluctant about impeachment, or so they say. But on December 6, 2017, 58 House Democrats voted for impeachment over Trump's criticism of NFL players who knelt during the national anthem. And on January 19, 2018, 66 House Democrats voted for impeachment over Trump's use of coarse language to describe underdeveloped countries. Then, on July 17, 2019, 95 House Democrats voted for impeachment over Trump's insulting statements about the squad. This says nothing of Representative Al Green's demand Trump be impeached over his quote-unquote racism and Representative AOC's contention that Trump should be impeached over over the citizenship question the Department of Commerce attempted to put on the 2020 census questionnaire. Yet we're supposed to believe the House Democratic Caucus is comprised of reasonable people who take their constitutional oath seriously. Democrats in the House have been thirsting for impeachment since Inauguration Day. I'm Dan Prop. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. Monty Larrick here along with David Smith, Hello. the Executive Director of Illinois Family Institute and Illinois Family Action. This is program number 178. And in this segment of Spotlight, we want to look ahead. Uh, what's the fight ahead, Dave? The legislature will be reconvening, uh, what, the In end January, of January? That's right. And I... I suppose they're going to want more pro-abortion legislation. We're hearing maybe they're going to go after the repeal of the Parental Notice Act right, right. and maybe introduce, of all things, assisted suicide. I'm telling you. So, um, you know, it depends on what's happening uh, with the FBI probe and investigations. Um, that could really throw a monkey wrench into any of their plans in Springfield. We've already seen Senate President John Cullerton resign. Um, so they're going to have new leadership in the Senate. They may have new leadership in the House. Um, there's elections coming up on March 17th, which is a primary. So many of the members are going to be out uh, um, uh, trying to um, campaign for their re-election. Uh, and the, all those things are going to play a part in to what they can accomplish. And they don't want to seem too extreme. 
They don't. Well, too late. <laughs> yeah, it's too late for yeah. that. Yeah. Oh. So, you know, with, with marijuana, with the abortion extremism, with the casino gambling, with the pay raises, with the gasoline tax, all those things, um, you know, whew, they've got to try to defend that stuff. Well, they want us to forget about that. Of but, course they do. But we're here to remind you about that. That's right. That. Kathy, we, we do a voter guide every election cycle. In March 17th, we're going to have another voter guide available for the public so that they can see where the candidates stand on the issues and if they're incumbents, where they voted on the issues. Exactly, and we're working on it right now, Dave. But we also have something that we've been doing for the past couple of months, and we're calling it our Ephesians 511 Project. And Ephesians 5.11 says, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose, expose them. them. So we have a one-page handout that people can hand out to their neighbors. They can go to our website, IllinoisFamily.org, and click on the Ephesians 5.11 Project button. They can find their state representative if they don't know who that is. There's a little link in that particular on that page where they can put in their address and find who their state rep is. Now, if their state rep doesn't show up on that page, that means they have a pretty good state rep who's voting quite well. So, so there wasn't much to put on the sheet, mu much <laughs> of if it, anything. Or, or anything, yeah. exactly. But uh, there's enough. There's enough on there. I think we have maybe, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 88 yep. of them yep. are on that page. They're customized, but there's also generic flyer that we encourage people to bring to their churches and hand out at church. And, and Kathy, I just have to give you credit for putting this together. You spent time over the summer putting this together, working with our graphic uh, artists to put a nice PDF together for all 88 of these districts. And so I thank you. And one of our board members helped me. I can't take all the credit. Okay. Karen Hayes, give her credit for it too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Great. That's great. Yeah, this is important information to get out. The voter guide is going to be important information to have before we, we go to the polls and, and vote these guys back in. And, and going back to your question, what to anticipate, you, you ran down some of the things that we could be uh, facing next year uh, in 2020. Uh, I would suspect things will get really kind of back on track after the March 17th election. I agree. And you'll have March, April, and May, because they're, uh, you know, they'll probably adjourn as usual, May 31st. That's what the Constitution calls for. And so they'll have three months about to work on passing their agenda. And, uh, you know, you could look at California, you can look at New York for other pieces of legislation coming our way. California recently passed uh, a bill mandating that the abortion pill be available on all public university campuses in California. It is just incredible. It is incredible. Unbelievable. The abortion pill. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that came here. And, and in New York, they're going after homeschoolers. I wouldn't be surprised if that came to Illinois public schools. Right. High schools. Think about that. Yep. They, they want to do away with parental notice. They've got expanded abortion here in Illinois, okay, yep. that says, well, you don't necessarily have to have a doctor there to right. commit this abortion. Right. Um, it could be maybe the, the school nurse That's could, right. could hand out the abortion pill. That's right. And you don't have to tell your mom and dad. That's right. You know. That's right. It, 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 it's not beyond the realm of possibility that that could happen right here in Illinois. No, and we saw with the movie Unplanned 
um, it really came home to me. If you watched that movie, you saw Abby Johnson's experience portrayed on the screen of taking an abortion pill. It wasn't that easy. Was it, Mary? No, not at all. Uh, I've, I watched the film twice, and each time you just, you could see me just in tears yeah. uh, what, watching the film. It's just really horrific to see what these women are going through when, the, when they're having an abortion. It's pretty graphic. Oh, yeah. And it's disturbing. Um, and you think about it, she even said, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I thought I was going to die. Right? She said at one point in there, she was laying on the floor in her bathroom, bleeding, hemorrhaging. Right. right. And she said, I thought I was going to yeah. die. Yeah. But Scary. let's not tell the parents, Monty. Yeah, let's not tell. Mm. On the other hand, that, that film is also uh, inspirational. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was very instrumental for uh, a lot of. Ha- healthcare, quote-unquote, workers who are working in these abortion mills who uh, watched the film and just, you know, honestly saw what was going on, and it just terrified them, shook them to the core, and uh, helped a lot of women um, leave the abortion industry, helped a lot of women uh, stop the thought of, you know, abortion is okay. So, uh, yeah, it was really just a great, great film all around. And that leads me into the whole idea of, IFI got more involved this year, and we've been increasing our involvement, it seems like, year after year in the 40 Day for Life campaign. And in part, it's because of this movie, Unplanned, and Abby Johnson's story. When she says, maybe it was in the movie, maybe it was uh, in in a speech outside this movie, that she said that when she was the director of a Planned Parenthood in Texas, as people were praying out in front, she and her clinic would see up to a 70% mm-hmm. no-show rate mm-hmm. for scheduled appointments. Mm. 70% mm-hmm. no-show rate. That's amazing. It's, it's holy cow. So all we have to do is show up and pray? Mm-hmm. Why Just aren't we doing up. this? Mm-hmm. Show up mm-hmm. and pray. We can do that. And it's absolutely encouraging when you're out there at the 40 Days for Life at abortion clinics and you see these women who are driving away. Um, and it's really encouraging to hear that statistic, that 70 per- it's a 70% no-show rate during, yes. the, uh, during the campaign because a lot of times at some clinics you're not going to see them. It's women who are driving near and, you know, see, see the prayer warriors outside and say, you know what, no, I'm, I'm not going to go in. So a lot of those, those numbers you're not even going to see while no, you're standing absolutely. up there. So, so the way I phrase it is you don't know how many women in a crisis – are calling out to God, driving to the Planned Parenthood clinic or another abortion mill, and saying, God, give me a sign. Absolutely. And they turn the corner and they see five, six prayer warriors out there. And they see signs that say, pray to end abortion. And they say, there's my sign. There's my sign. Turn around. Well, you know, the, the lawmakers can create this avenue for expanded abortion, but they can't outlaw the power of prayer no they can't no amen yeah (laughs) well said there we go uh we've got marijuana coming in january that's to kill the pain of all this other stuff (laughs) and no and i'm not joking i i I, i'm trying to be a little funny there but a lot of people are self-medicating with marijuana, with alcohol, with other things, right, uh, to, to, to ease their pain. Well, we already call it medicine. 
They, <laughs> 2013. That's right. They that's decided right. they'd start calling it medicine, the Schedule One drug. And that was that pilot program was supposed to sunset. Uh, what later this year, 2020? No need. No need now, right? Because we've got recreational marijuana. Anybody can now. have it. Well, well, that's that's it. When you legalize this for recreational use, you're not going to keep it out of the hands of kids. For no. those under 21, you know, I think one it of just the, makes it more readily available. Mm-hmm. We have got to stress this fact. I'm sorry, and I, I've talked even in my own village hall meeting, and said, "Look, you permit pot stores in our community. You're going to send a message to young people that this is okay, this is fine, this is legal, right. or as you said, pointed out, Kathy, medicine, mm-hmm. right? This is medicine. Or it's a legitimate so, business. So the perception of risk is going to plummet. Oh, there's no risks here. Right. So the use is going to increase. It's the exact opposite of what we saw during the 80s. It, people make fun of Nancy Reagan and her just say no to drugs, but that it ad worked. campaign worked That's right. because what? Perception of risk went up. This is your brain on drugs, That's right? 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 Perception of risk went up and the sub people said, "No. I'll tell you what. It it worked for me in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I I saw things you know, commercials or videos of people trying to um, withdraw, going through withdrawal. Uh, and I said, no way. If, if, no way. Why would you get into a situation that you have to go through that to get out of it? You know? Well, we have the law, <clears throat> but they're supposedly going to tweak it. Yeah. Uh, will we, will IFI be urging lawmakers to put limits on the THC content. Well, supposedly, uh, that's going to happen by one of the administrative bodies in the state of Illinois. But the law does not stipulate a THC level. We, here at IFI, would like to see a cap at least as robust as the one in the Netherlands that says... 15%. 15%. Anything over 15% THC is considered hard drugs and illegal. Of course, if it was up to me, I'd have it at 0.5 THC. Like it used to be in the 60s. Right, right. So so, um, I'd prefer it not to be sold, obviously, at all and used at all. But But it's important to cap that THC level. Tell us why. High THC levels have been directly connected to psychosis and schizophrenia. High THC levels for young people under the age of 25 can actually uh, cause an IQ loss of up to eight points permanently. Brain damage. We're talking serious, permanent brain damage. I was going to say irreversible brain damage. That's right. Dave, in 2020, will IFI be encouraging pastors, youth directors, parents yes. to be communicating to their kids all of the about the dangers about marijuana. Absolutely. All of the above. Parents, grandparents, pastors, youth pastors, uh, community leaders of all kinds, they need to step up and do the public service announcements that are not being done, telling and warning children not to do drugs in any way, shape, or form, um, to understand the damages that can be done permanently. Um, 
I, I talked to uh, a family member myself, an extended family member recently, who is smoking marijuana, using marijuana, and um, I asked him, is, is a 20-something, I said, don't you want to get married and have a family and, 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 and pursue a, a, you know, a steady, successful life? And he said, yes, yeah, I do. And I said, well, this is not the path. <laughs> this is not the path to go down. And, and that's the, 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 the frustrating part. Uh, the government should be working to produce productive members of society, educating productive members of society. And instead, we're fostering the exact opposite. And we're going to have more dependence as a result of that. that That's why it blows my mind some of the libertarians in Springfield, also known as Republicans, who voted for this nonsense, didn't see and don't understand. They think, well, we shouldn't have laws against, uh, you know, what people want to do in their own private time. And yet we're going to be fostering more dependence, which will require a bigger nanny state. And it's not just about what people are doing in their own private time. It's about drivers on the road who are out there driving That's high. That's right. That's right. In states that have legalized, yep. fatal car crashes have increased. They have doubled hospitalizations. And what about the police? Are the police now twiddling their thumbs, figuring out what else they can work on? Well, in Colorado, post-legalization, and yeah. that was in 2013, so they've had several years to take a look at, at the result. Yeah. Uh, police are more busy doing arrest from black market cartels and See, groups that are coming so, in. See, it so, Kathy. They told us this would do away with the black market. Dave, earlier this month, there was an article that CNN posted. And CNN? CNN. The, the fake news source? Okay. Well, one of. <laughs> I, I, I just, I just. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I, I threw In you any off. case, California. California is considered to be the world's largest marijuana market on the planet. Yes. The largest. 2019, they are expected to do $12 billion in sale. That's with a B, $12 billion. But here's the problem, Dave. $8.7 billion of that twelve. billion is being done by the black market. We warned Illinois lawmakers. So that's more than 70% of the market. That's 73%. 73%. (laughs) To be precise. That's untaxed. Uh, That's untaxed. Well, that's right. That's right. And so the California marijuana industry is being... They're being uh, buried so, so while it, the black market is growing and thriving. And so you said we warned them. You wrote an article. We, we warned we them. We warned the Illinois lawmakers, and they laughed. Right. They said, no, 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 no. If we regulate and tax it, we're not going to see black market activity. We're going mm. to get rid of black market activity, when, in fact, the opposite is happening in California. In fact, the marijuana industry in California is now going to the lawmakers and saying, do something about this. <laughs> so, so, so the guy that's selling this stuff on the street corner uh, doesn't have to worry about workman's comp, minimum wage. Uh, he you has know, no overhead. No, no, no uh, brick and mortar uh, that's right. concerns. That's right. He's able to... Uh, Capitalism at work. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> He's not paying license fees or taxes. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think they're done. No. I think they're going to say, hey, we've done marijuana. What's the big deal about heroin? No, no. In, in Chicago, there's already legislation to legalize magic mushrooms. Magic mushrooms. Are they deep fried? or? 
No. Does it come with ranch dressing in the bag? No. No. No, this is this is the hallucinant, right? This is some serious hard drugs. Uh, th- this is the you know slippery slope that we always get this criticized is by. You know? What are our roads? What are our streets? What's our com- what are our communities going to look like when everybody is high? That's right. Right. That's right. And unproductive. Mary, you're a young person. Uh, you're you're <laughs> living. Younger than us. You're living Much. here in Illinois. Uh, when you hear about all this stuff that's happening in our state, what's happening in our state, not just hearing about it, and the prospect of a so-called progressive income tax, does it say to you as a young person, I better get out of this state while the getting's good? Oh, gee. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the sooner I can get out, the better, right? Yes. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I, I live pretty close uh, to the state border, and uh, I think about, you know, just driving that those few miles over and, and uh, living over there. That's that's what it, this it, legislation is telling me. It's Get tempting. Out. It's tempting. Absolutely. And they're, they're pushing you out the door. Yeah. With well, a young person, with without many ties other other than family, which is the greatest. I mean, yeah. well, think know, about this. Go somewhere. Mary has <laughs> got a, a, a great mind. Uh, yep. uh, she's a productive worker. She's a hard worker. Pays taxes. She's got good morals. <laughs> and that's the type of person we want to keep in Illinois. That's right. Mm-hmm. And look Absolutely. what's happening. That's right. That's right. Well, there are some things out there, you know, looking ahead that we can um, support. Right now, we are pushing, and, and we need to push a little bit more, and we will coming this next year. Uh, the Fair Maps um, petition. Well, Peter Breen. The uh, Map Equality Act. The Map Equality. I like that. <laughs> Monty. All right. We're, we're, but it's called Fair Maps. So, you know, every 10 years, we do a census in the United States. And based on that census, uh, Illinois state lawmakers redraw the legislative boundary districts, the districts. And, of course, we believe we're going to lose one congressional district at least, maybe two. We have 18 congressional districts right now. But by 2022, we may only have 17 or 16 congressional districts. Why is that, Dave? Are people fleeing Illinois because of the high taxes and regulations that they have to abide by? You know, if they're not fleeing, they're seriously preparing to flee and to get out of the state because they just feel as though uh, this state is on the wrong track, going the wrong direction, and no one is willing to be the adult in the room and make the hard decisions to turn the state around. And uh, so anyway, going back to the fair maps, uh, because the state has been dominated by Democrats for decades. Uh, they have been able to draw the legislative boundaries themselves. Michael Madigan has been in charge of this process, and uh, and they draw it in favor of a Democrat majority. Right now, they have a super majority in both the House and the Senate. The fair maps would take that away. Okay, if this is passed, that would take it away from our politicians in Springfield and put it into a computer-based model to draw districts equitably (laughs) based on population and zip codes, not on, um, you know, political demographics. So even if Republicans were in control, they couldn't draw the map. That is correct. Right now, Democrats are. Then this is why folks in Piatone, for instance, farm country— have a Chicago Democrat. That's right. Representing them. That is right. 
That's right. And, Kankakee. And pushing. The whole county of Kankakee. And, and is pushing in the a boondoggle airport on them. That's right. That's right. And, and taking away farmland. That That's why we need fair maps. Uh, this is the brainchild, actually, right. of uh, State Representative Peter Breen. And so if you're interested in circulating a petition or two or three, go to Fair Maps, Google it, go to the website, download a form. And get it in, I think, the... the Fairmaps, Illinois, I think it is, dot com. So do you know the deadline off the top of your head? April, 4th, April 15th. Okay, she does. So April 15th is the deadline. We need to get enough signatures, and we're looking for over a half a million signatures of Illinois voters to say, get this on the ballot. Okay? Just getting one page and turning that in is really a big help. Yep. Just one page. That's right. And, and many hands make light work. That's right. So if there were a couple hundred people doing that... We could make short work of this. Mm -hmm. Is there a link on our website? Uh, there is. There's an article, but we need to follow up with another article pretty soon here. Yep. All right. There you go, Mary. There you go. <laughs> well, so let's fight. Let's fight before you leave. All right. Uh, and then, and then there's one more thing. We have a tax referendum that's going to be on the November ballot. I know we're talking about it early, but November 2020, the Democrats passed legislation in Springfield to put this question on the ballot. It's a constitutional amendment changing how we collect income tax, going from a flat rate to a progressive rate. And that will be left up to the snollygosters in Springfield on what those rates will be. So will, it, will they double your tax? Will they triple your tax? Who are they going to hit? Hard? So Dave, are you saying it would be wise to vote no Absolutely. This? Do not give them another tool to be able to soak the tax payer. Yeah. They're saying this, this is only going to go impact the, they're saying this is only going to impact the, the people making yeah, $250,000 a year or, or more, more or more. Right, right. That's what they say. But, but what they're not telling you yeah. is that it opens the door for they want to change the state constitution. That's right. They could say, well, you know, if you're rich, you're making 100000 a year. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. the, the definition of who's wealthy is going to change. That's I right. guarantee you. Okay. Let's end on this, maybe. Yes. Uh, we had a great banquet uh, with the Reverend Franklin Graham. Yes, what an encouragement. And one of the things he told us was, if, if you want to change your state, if you want to turn Illinois around, we yeah. can do it. He said, we need to pray. Yes, yes. And we need to vote. That's right. We need both of those. The pray. We need to pray, and we've been praying for years at IFI for Michael Madigan, not only that he would fear God and come to understand Jesus as his Lord and Savior, but we've also asked God to remove him from office one way or another. Let God decide on, on, on the process. Could be the FBI, right? It could be decide, you know, another uh, uh, you know, medical health, whatever uh, reasons. But, um, you know, he has really led the state in the wrong direction for more than 40 years now. And so we need to pray. We need to pray for him and his salvation. We need to pray for Governor Pritzker. We need to pray for the new Senate president, um, and, and, and Bill Brady, as well as Jim Durkin. We need to pray for Jim Durkin as well. All the legislative le leaders and our listeners need to be praying for their local state rep and state senator. 
We need to be praying for these people day in and day out. We don't understand it. Prayer availeth much, what Scripture says, right? But faith without works is dead. And then the so works part, right? Let's get out there and works do something about so, it. Let's get out there and get behind those good candidates and make sure we get uh, to the polls on Election Day. So after our morning prayers and praying without ceasing, so throughout the day, keep praying, mm-hmm. right? But we have to work as well, as Kathy says. Absolutely, we need to make sure everyone in our, vote, our household who are able to vote votes, Right? And then we need to get our neighbors out, our like-minded friends at church out, and make sure that we vote our biblical values. And support those candidates who are standing for biblical values. Uh, get out and knock on some doors for them. Pass out literature, whatever you can do to help those candidates. That's right. You know, we're really only a few votes shy of really turning Illinois around. That's right. Think about that in the legislature, what we could do if people got energized and said, hey, we've had enough. Well, let me ask Mary a question here. So, Mary, your generation, the millennial generation, Mm -hmm. is often criticized for wanting to be – to to favor socialism instead of capitalism. Yeah. Have you had many conversations with people your age about this trend? Are they persuadable – uh, have they thought deeply about it, number one, and are yeah. they persuadable away mm-hmm. from this uh, foolish idea? Yeah, I've definitely had quite a few conversations with other millennials who are definitely in favor for socialism. And the very interesting thing is they think they have thought it through. <laughs> and that's probably the scariest part. <laughs> they think they've thought it through. They think they know all the information. Um, but once once you start talking to them and you start giving them correct information uh, it's you know it's like knocking on concrete you know yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not hearing it uh it's it's difficult to have these conversations with them uh, a lot of them are not willing to hear the truth because they think that they know it all um you know i i've heard someone say maybe been charlie kirk with uh um turning point usa but ask the question do you trust the government and I bet you, your generation doesn't trust the government. Not right? at all. Right? <laughs> so the, the follow-up question to that is, why give them more power and resources? That's a good question. Yeah. Right? <laughs> question I wish I could That's answer. Very good. Yeah. yeah. So, so why in the give world something would we to think about. Yeah. <laughs> want to give them more power and resources? You know, I, I talked to a young lady, uh, probably about Mary's age, maybe a little bit older, has a, had a job here in Illinois and uh, then moved to South Dakota. And she had some liberal tendencies. Rut-row. And guess what? She looked at her paycheck in South <laughs> Dakota where they don't have a state income tax, and she's making more money now. That goes a long way to changing minds. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, it, life experience does make a difference, obviously. Um, but, but... At the same time, how will they hear if no one goes and tell them? And that's a scriptural principle too, right? How will they know about Jesus if somebody doesn't go tell them? How will they know about these, uh, the biblical view of government if people don't go out and talk to them about it? 
Speaking of biblical view, yes. we are having a Worldview Conference That's coming right. up, aren't we? March 7th is our next Worldview Conference. We're going to be featuring Dr. Michael Brown and Dr. Rob Gag- oh, uh, Gagnon. wonderful These men. guys are amazing, prolific writers and authors and speakers, and they're going to be talking about our corrosive culture and how we as Christians need to respond to it. Listen, I'm one of these people who every so often feels though, man, I just want to hide away in a winter cabin in the North Woods and not see civilization again because it's so crazy out here, right? But that's not what we're called to. We're not called to sequester ourselves. We're called to disciple the nations, teach them to observe all things that Jesus has commanded. And we got to do that by keeping our eyes on the prize, remaining faithful to him, and his commands, and then just waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord. And so by doing that, by the way, you are investing in heavenly treasures, not in things that are going to rust away and decay. Those are heavenly treasures you're investing in when you do those things. So, Well, if you want to keep up to date on some things that are happening right here in Illinois, Folks need to sign up for our emails, yes, get our right. email alerts. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. This month we went over the 10,000 subscriber mark on YouTube. I'm Yay. excited. <laughs> so th- those are all important, and we need the resources. We need your end-of-year gifts to help us go into 2020 strong on a solid foundation, knowing that we have a budget to be able to do this important work in the public square, upholding pro-life, pro-family truths in the public square. And we have a $70,000 matching challenge through the end of the year, through December 31st, that could be matched. So in other words, We're looking to raise over $140,000 this month so we can go into um, 2020 strong and ready to do battle uh, for the kingdom of God. There you go. All right. Uh, If you want to give to Illinois Family Institute, just give us a call at 708-781-9328 or go to IllinoisFamily.org and click Contribute contribute on the homepage. That's all you got to do. Easy to do, and thank you. Thank you for uh, tuning in. And uh, please tell a friend about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, God bless and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you for listening to Illinois Family Spotlight. For more information, please visit us at ifiaction.org and look for us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to email us questions or comments, please do so at feedback at ifiaction.org. Until next time, stay engaged and keep your eyes on the prize.